Welcome everyone to today's episode of the Palmetto Guardian. I'm Specialist Anna Grace Cato and today we have two very special guests so I'll let them introduce themselves. Good morning and I'm very honored to be back to do another podcast. I'm Jennifer Wolf, and I am one of the behavioral health specialists. I cover Region 4. Good morning. I'm Ann Mack Prevost. I am also a behavioral health specialist and I cover Region 5. I'm a licensed professional counselor and I'm happy to be here. This is my first time. Awesome. So it seems like we have a really informative topic today. Um, we're talking about anxiety and different ways to uh, to cope with those different resources you guys have. So I'll just let you get into it. Sure. Well, we were going to, Ann Mack and I were talking about doing this in two parts. Um, I'm a certified trauma specialist with a great deal of background in trauma recovery from work and personal related trauma and crisis management. So she is a very skilled expert in the anxiety area and the two usually uh, can complement each other, but there may be different techniques that don't necessarily work with regular anxiety versus anxiety that was trauma related. So we were going to talk about both. and what the differences are, and then what you can do to manage. So, Emmett, do you want to talk about anxiety? Sure thing. So, we are all humans, and we all experience anxiety. So, I think that is something for us to all just remember and accept. Oftentimes, we want the anxiety to go away because it's uncomfortable. And what happens when we try to push it away and avoid it, it gets worse. So, Understanding anxiety, I think, is going to be very important today. So I wanted to reframe it as really what it is, and it is your body's response to to danger in the environment, and it's it's there to protect us. Um, if you think about the cavemen back in the day, they anxiety response helped them not get attacked by a bear, right? So what happens is we may get an email, we may get a look from a coworker anything and we might our bodies might respond like we're getting attacked by a bear so it's important to acknowledge our anxiety and accept it and to know and to remind ourselves that we are actually safe and that we can cope in healthy ways what are some signs that we might be experiencing anxiety that um, your normal person might not be aware of great question so anxiety is large There's a huge physical component, so you might have sweaty palms, your heart might be racing, you might have extra stiff muscles, stomach aches, headaches. Just a fear, a fear-based thinking is what I thought about is when immediately you're given a new situation or a transition, immediately it's, it's that catastrophic thinking. Yes. You covered it as far as the bodily yes. signs, uh-huh. but it, I would add it's the mind over the body. and right. Yes, and we get trapped in these unhelpful thinking patterns that really increase our anxiety. We yes. might think in all or nothing terms, and so what happens if you know, we, we don't give ourselves any wiggle room in the middle, so if something is... We have these extreme views, and that can create anxiety. Um, We might struggle with perfectionism if we think like that. And then oftentimes that leads to not feeling good enough and feeling more and more anxious and struggling to do, do, do to 
be good enough. Um, we might get caught up in what ifs, which would be um, situations where we, we really are just making up stories in our head that create anxiety. What if this? What if that? What if this? What if that? When in reality, we're really wasting our time with that and just making ourselves more anxious. Um, shoulds is a common cognitive component of anxiety. I should be doing this. I should be doing that. Should, should, should. I tell people all the time, stop shoulding on yourself because it really isn't helpful. Um, and then looking at things through like a negative filter. So we might always see the worst case scenarios and situations. And those limiting beliefs really lock us into that anxiety-based thinking. And I, I would add with, uh, with trauma and going to that angle is it's usually all of those, some of the coping skills overlap and all of the symptoms overlap. But usually with trauma, post-traumatic stress, there is the reliving of that experience. I recently worked with a young girl who was having all this anxiety and continued to have it. But the more we talked, it was more, it was actually a soldier, it was more trauma-related because that experience of what she had been exposed to kept coming to the forefront. So it was anxiety as a symptom of that core life threat, danger, what had overwhelmed the system. And I think the only difference between regular anxiety and anxiety that is trauma is that talk therapy and the cognitive may not necessarily always work with trauma-related anxiety. It's more physiological and implanted in the body. So it's more the body work versus just the cognitive work. I was going to ask about uh, the difference between those two, so thank you. Um, Welcome. I guess what would be the first step in being able to identify that someone is struggling with anxiety for that person to be able to identify that, that it actually is, you know, affecting their life in a negative way? Well, I think you just, the second part of your question, you almost answered it. It's, <laughs> if it's interfering with your daily life, mm-hmm. um, we all experience anxiety, and it's part of being human. But when anxiety, and it's a part of us, right? So when that part becomes too, let's see, that part gets too loud, that, um, that anxiety part of us is the, in the driver's seat, mm-hmm. that's when it can wreak havoc on our lives. Um, when it interferes with our daily life and it becomes overwhelming and it feels like it's too much to manage alone. Are there any coping techniques that um, we could talk about for the soldiers and families listening and watching? Sure. Absolutely. Well, Yeah, I I would say definitely because trauma, traumatic exposure is more of a in the body, um, that some of the coping skills have to deal specifically with learning how to retrain the the mind and the body to respond to danger threat. So deep breathing is a progressive muscle relaxation um, I would mention along the line, and I'm a regular practice, uh, a yoga practice, yin yoga especially. The benefits of yin yoga, and I can't stress this enough, is that fight, flight, freeze response, um, where actually yin 
causes us to rest and digest. So when you're jacked up all the time, it's going to purposely target that nervous system. Um, So that can be very effective. Uh, I I think monitoring your progress is extremely important with trauma because you really need to know, like, generalized anxiety is usually across, I feel anxiety all the time, whereas trauma-related anxiety is more specific, and there's usually a trigger involved. And so journaling but monitoring your progress like, okay, I began to relive that experience or felt overwhelming anxiety. What was going on for me? You know, what happened right? What, are, what is my trigger? And then usually grounding techniques and mindfulness can help tremendously with that. I'm here. It's okay. Normalizing that, listen, I'm not, lots of people say, and we've heard it many, many times, what is wrong with me? You know, I am losing my mind. Why am I reacting this way so intensely? It's not a mind thing. It's a body thing because the body has gone in. And it's normal having been exposed to something that you couldn't possibly prepare for that was so abnormal. And that's what trauma, anxiety related. For sure. Um, And just to piggyback off of that, some everyday tips and strategies to manage anxiety. Nobody likes to hear this, but acknowledging it and accepting it is going to be huge. Oftentimes we just, like I said earlier, we want it to go away. It's uncomfortable. We don't want to feel discomfort. And we do things lots of times to try to avoid the anxiety. We numb out in various ways. um, The phone, the Mm -hmm. drinking, gossip. I mean, Mm. all kinds of things. We can just numb out on... Netflix, chocolate, whatever it is, we all have our things that we try to do to numb out and not feel that discomfort when that really can increase the anxiety. It might work for short term, sure, but um, basically accepting the anxiety and validating it. So really talking to yourself. I feel anxious. It's okay that I feel anxious. I'm going to be okay. I can get through this. I've done hard things before. Um, So really, those cognitive tricks can help, that positive, encouraging self-talk. And then, like Jennifer said, it is so largely physical that getting up, like if you're at your desk at work and you feel like you were so anxious, get up and go walk. Mm -hmm. Um, Move your body. Um, She mentioned yoga, and yoga is huge. It's so helpful. You could also Google desk yoga, you know, if you're like in the middle of the workday and you just feel like, ugh. Um, so that would be a strategy. Also writing down what you're worried about. And sometimes you can identify it. And sometimes there's something you can do about it. And that's nice. Sometimes we're worrying about things that we can't control, whether it be the weather or, you know, all types of things. So letting the things go that you can't do anything about, doing things about the things you can do things about, and then really kind of leaning into it and accepting it as being part of being human wow yeah I mean that makes it seem not as I guess scary whenever it's broken down that way absolutely yeah Yeah. and I would mention also it's it's extremely important with all that we talked about is that loved ones and family understand what anxiety post-traumatic stress is and was it what it isn't because 
your perce- someone's perception when they're struggling is so sometimes skewed, and you can, in one statement, like, you just need to get over it. You know, how many times have we heard that? Or, what is wrong with you? And you already, you know, none of us are broken. We don't need to be fixed. But that's where behavioral health can help families. And part of what we do as counselors is, listen, how you respond, this is helpful, this is not. Because you can imagine in relationships when you're struggling and then somebody tells you to get over it. We don't get over anything, we get through it. So that's families and how to respond and help is just as important as the management part so absolutely um and to piggyback off of that if you have a child or a teenager who is struggling with anxiety in your house um i work with we both do service members and their family members and oftentimes um parents want to know what do i do with my anxious child and really helping them identify and acknowledge what they're experiencing is huge. So um, Dan Seagal, he, he calls it name it to tame it. So you basically help your child like realize that they're feeling stressed and you assure them it's okay to feel stressed. I totally get that. You know, like Jennifer said, you don't want to talk them out of it because then they just feel like, okay, well, you don't get me. Like, and so they just shut down. Mm-hmm. And um, so you really want to keep that connection going with your child by acknowledging their anxiety and validating it. And it's it's a lot easier to do that for your child when you're able to do it for yourself. So just practice acknowledging and validating your anxiety every day as being part of a human being a human. Um, and then that can give you the that can help you, you know, help your kids get through things as well. And I would also mention exactly that you know, we are a wired, <laughs> we are a wired society. We're on our cell phones, we're on our iPad, we're just all the time to really carve out that space. I'm one of the worlds where I'm learning, finally, a, how, how incredibly unhealthy that is. Um, so to really do a schedule, carve out times that you're not on your cell phone, you're not, because it really affects sleep, eat, if you're too much of something too little, so you have to really set those boundaries and those limits, especially with external circumstances and people. Um, and sometimes this all sounds well and good, but you're like, but that's my kid or that's my loved one. I need that neutral person that because they're triggering me all over the place and, and I can't be, I'm, I'm, and that's where we come in. And that's where we say, hey, this is what I'm seeing, and you may not be unaware or someone that's struggling may not be able to tell you that, look, that's triggering me all over the place when you say that or when you do that. So we can come in as that unbiased, neutral coaches and counselor and say, hey, let's problem solve this, and let's, this is what we, what, these are what options are. Is there a common scenario that you all see um, that might help our listeners out to maybe uh, be more inclined to reach out for help if they need it? That is such a great question. (laughs) Thank you. I would say, you know, and Amac said it beautifully, like we all struggle with something. We all, we're human. We're in the flesh. So 
reducing the stigma of mental health and just saying, listen, we all need each other and we all need to help each other. So I would say the more we talk about it, the less stigma there is associated with seeking help. It's the people who need it that don't get the help that usually struggle the most. Yeah, Absolutely. And I also think, too, that the way service member family care is designed, I think, is so cool how you have counseling that's free to service members and family members. You know, you're not having to deal with an insurance company where you might have to have this diagnosis and yada, yada, yada. You can... Everyday people can get help for everyday problems that we all have. So it's really, when you say a common scenario, I think a common scenario is people thinking like, well, I I could use some help with this, but I don't know if it's big enough to actually call a behavioral health specialist. And we're here to say there, we do all types of things. There's no problem too small or too large. And um, we are here to support service members and family members in any way that we can. And we all are humans trying to navigate life's challenges and just, I think, reaching out when you need some help. And again, even if it's with your child or if you just want to get some help yourself, it doesn't have to be some huge thing that's going on. It can be, but it doesn't have to be just going to say that I think it definitely uh, doesn't help anyone to downplay our own issues and make them seem smaller just for the sake of everyone else. So for anyone that needs to reach out, just even for a little bit of help, like that's always fine. Yeah, and very, like sometimes people think I got to walk in an armory and I got to walk behind, like near a community. That's not how it rolls. I mean, we will meet you anywhere. We're just people just like anybody else so it can be on a walking trail it can be start like we spend a great deal of time in the field simply because people are not comfortable a lot of times with coming in to see quote behavioral health in an armory so we will go out we're free no charge it's a phone call we show up well yeah I'm really glad that you mentioned uh Mentioned all of that, actually, especially the part about a walking trail. Like, yes. that, I feel like that makes people a lot more comfortable and it's not as stiff. Mm-hmm. Sure. Absolutely. I met somebody on a soccer field <laughs> one time. The only mistake we made is they were playing soccer. <laughs> it's like, dodge. But, yeah, I mean, it's I, – I can't stress enough. And, of course, we're under HIPAA. We're social workers. We're licensed mental health professionals but we're human beings first and so to make that comfortable is so important it can be a starbucks a walking trail a soccer field um and we also offer you know we can do we can coach by phone we can do like sometimes people can't get off their job and and they hate parking and traffic is a trigger (laughs) and all of the above, and so we say, hey, let's do, that's where technology can be very beneficial, because we can say, listen, man, how about we do FaceTime, or how about not Face? you know, we have the HIPAA-compliant work that we use, but it's so important that people know there's so many different ways now, luckily, that it's not your typical 
I got to take time off my schedule. I got to go in some weird person's office. I got to fight the traffic that's going to trigger me all over the place. And so by the time you get to therapy, you need more therapy (laughs) because you're like, ah, and it's so different now. For sure. And then it's like two hours out of your work day as opposed to a phone call. Absolutely. And that can happen anytime. Is there a phone number that any of or anyone can call uh, in order to get in touch with you guys? 1-800-681-2558 is our behavioral health line where you get a primary on-call person and a secondary. And there's a pretty quick response time. Um, my direct number is 803-394-2076. 803-394-2076. I cover Rock Hill in that area. However, you can utilize any of us because we all have different areas of specialty. So there, you do have a, a behavioral health specialist in your home of residence, but sometimes if you say, well, you know, I but my kid's been through some trauma or I, I really need, we, we know each other and I know that AMAC is excellent with anxiety my background is trauma and so if I have a kid that has severe I'm going to say hey there's this <laughs> wonderful lady that's how we use each other to help each other so people can truly get what they need and that's also with couples therapy I don't do couples therapy but I will send you to one of the um, behavioral health specialists that do so we all work together. There's seven of us in the state, and we all work together to get people where they need to go. Well, before we wrap up, is there anything else that either of you would like to add? I just wanted to say that it is, it is truly a gift for myself with 35 years now in the field showing up for people and for the military to which – brings in so many more dynamics and sacrifices. And it it is just, it is truly a gift for me to show up for people when they need me and definitely within the guard. So that's what I want to do. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having us today. Absolutely. Um, And just, just a reminder, we are all humans. We all have anxiety. You can feel discomfort and be okay. And Practice feeling that discomfort a little bit every day. It's almost like, think about it like lifting weights, right? You're going you're gonna to be a little sore. It's going to be uncomfortable. We're used to avoiding what stresses us out. But if you practice it a little bit every day and tune into your body and what's going on, validate and normalize your feelings, it can be very helpful. It can be helpful to digest them and so that they won't be as big and overwhelming. Thank you both for joining us today. And to our listeners and our viewers, thank you for joining us as well. If you like this episode, make sure to give us a thumbs up. And don't forget to subscribe so that you can catch our next episode.